can you boondock in the southeast? Yes, absolutely. We're going to share how on this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. This podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean, who makes it easy and fun to simply step outside. That might mean breaking a speed record in a rugged, built-for-fun sonic snow tube, walking an extra block in a warm, weather-resistant down jacket, or just taking a breath on your doorstep before cozying up in a quilted sweatshirt. For however you experience the outdoors, shop clothing and gear at llbean.com. Be an outsider. Welcome to episode 227 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our three boys, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Yes, 2016. We here at RV Miles talk about everything from RV news and industry stuff. Yeah, see, you, you you changed it up, and then you got lost. Is what happened there? I but keep going, keep going. Cannot deviate <laughs> from. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We are coming to you from Northern Florida, where we're getting ready to attend the uh, the full time families annual reunion that they do here Their in Florida every bash. year. Um, full time families is a great organization of families who travel full-time like us and uh and we've been members for a few years and and we love being a part of it and and we love being able to come to an event like this where the kids have lots of other kids to meet and stuff and we get to meet other parents and families and stuff and it's a lot of fun it is a lot of fun there's no kids actually hiding behind us quietly playing xbox or up in their room on their devices today our children are outside making friends and it is awesome and we're here for a month which is really wonderful because that let allows us to slow down a little bit you know it's been a really busy six weeks of travel really fun but really busy so it's nice to kind of set up home a little bit we have a huge site and this campground is not prepared for the amount of packages that are coming Mm -mm. here and we're just talking about ours but look they opened their doors up to full-time families and that means hello fresh is coming that means amazon is coming i mean it is crazy i'm already checking the phone because i've got at least two packages arriving today so we're going to talk today a bit about boondocking in the southeast and particularly in florida at their water reclamation districts, which is a fantastic option. But first, we want to talk a bit about our truck. We we recently put out um, a few different reels, these short vertical videos on the TikTok and on the Facebook and the Instagram. Well, we also did a video. And we did a video on the YouTube channel. RV Miles. Um, You're here on the RV Miles podcast YouTube channel if you're watching. This is over on just regular RV miles. It's not confusing. Look, some of this is blown up a bit and there's been, as these reels tend to go, sometimes there's like hundreds of thousands of views. But I wanted to just address a little bit a a common question that was coming up is what made you choose a a gas truck and why did you go that route? Um, You know, a lot of the question, a lot of what we put out was about our payloads and our ratings and stuff and how you get those figure that stuff that's all fine but those words make <laughs> people lose their mind i i feel like and not meaning to but between 
the reels that we put out and this video, have you ever seen that um, gif that's like Homer Simpson crossing the bridge? And as he crosses the bridge, he throws a match, lights the whole bridge on fire. That's what I felt like these ended up being. And we did not intend for them to be that. And it is just, it's gotten a little wackadoodle. I think the vast majority of the confusion is that a lot of people don't realize that one-ton trucks, an F-350... A lot of people uh, didn't realize we were actually talking about an F-350. <laughs> ...can have a gas engine. Um, a lot of people think that those are diesel only. And when we say that we're towing with a gas truck, they think we're towing this 15,000-pound fifth wheel with an F-150, which is absolutely not the case. But if you want to check out that video, perhaps you already have. We have a, a, a detailed video on the subject in our uh, on the RV Miles YouTube channel, but we thought we'd talk about it here a little bit on the podcast as well for um, for those of you that don't like going over there and just want to listen to us on the podcast, which is which is totally fine. fine. And thank got, you for doing that. I got to tell you, like if you're if you got if you contact us, folks, it is getting harder and harder for us. And it sounds like bragging, but I, I hope it doesn't. It's, it's getting a lot harder when people try to message us on like Facebook and Instagram because it is growing so quickly and that's fantastic and we love it. But you, the podcast listener, you are you are our, our friends. Um, you are the people that have been with us uh, all along and we care about you deeply. And if you do want to contact us, I feel like we have to say at this point, the best thing for you to do is email us at editor at rvmiles.com. Because there's a real good chance we're not going to respond to you if you send us a message on Instagram or Facebook yeah, at this point. <laughs> I really dislike that because I yeah. think, I hope that it's very clear that community and, and knowing all of you is so important to us. And it really does kind of like hurt my heart a little bit when I see something that's been sitting there for two weeks. And I it's something I would have loved to have talked about. And I don't want to like... Um, give that to somebody else to do on our behalf either. Like, I don't want to shop that out. Like, I do still really want to talk to people. And I, yeah, when we sit down to do this podcast, this is like, this is the realest of the real for us. We get to, even though, you know, often we don't get to have back and forth with you until this comes out, this is like legit getting to have that campfire conversation well, that and, we love. And most of you, listen to many episodes i hope uh and and but a lot of the way or some people are one and done and hey you know i get that we're not for everybody but i think there's a lot more one and done with the other social medias right so somebody somebody watches one video of ours and they you know that's that's our only interaction with them this metal straw is really messing me up (laughs) just so you know i'm trying to talk to you and it's hitting my face anyway the the we want to talk about the actual because the question that keeps coming up in these reels and in the video was what made you actually make the decision to get a gas truck and you know there are several one being that we spent a heck of a lot of money on diesel repairs on our bus um and there's nothing wrong with diesels in fact diesels are fantastic um and it it just came to be that this 7.3 liter engine that ford puts out puts us well within the specs that we need to be in. It's basically an early 2000s diesel uh, in terms of horsepower and, and torque. And it's a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper to maintain. 
And in the end, it was the right financial decision for us and the right sort of peace of mind decision for us. Can you go bigger um, to tow more? Absolutely. There's always bigger. And yes. we, we're big believers of making sure you're towing within your specs and well above them, right? So that was, that was really important to us. Um, so we're definitely not those folks out there that say, you know, tow up to your max um, tow capacity. No, I, we do this. This is our life and yeah. we full time. And, you know, I, I can't speak to this in the way that Jason can, because Jason and I think those of you who've been around for a really long time know that when Jason is sets his mind to a task or he has something that he needs to learn about or he has to make a decision for our full time life, like what truck do I want to go with? He will watch, read, uh, I don't even know, like, I don't, like, hypnotose, what is the word I'm looking for, where, like, you put headphones on and you listen to the information while you're sleeping and it's, like, absorbed into your brain and you don't. I don't don't actually do that. But he would if he could. He would, he would if he could, right? And so when he, you know, came and said that here are the couple of options and I, you know, and he really months and months and months, and I think I've told this story where I finally said, I'm done talking to you about this. Oh, they have the truck you're interested in. Will you please go buy it? Like, I cannot talk to you about this anymore. Just go buy the truck. And he, and, and he did. But, you know, my point being is that I think, you know, once we knew that we, you know, we just are not ready to go back into the diesel world. And so because we were making that choice, we also made a choice to pass up maybe some different fifth wheels that we were interested in because mm-hmm. they weighed more. Yeah, a lot of and, people think that this fifth wheel is like the super max you can get. Nowhere, we're nowhere near. It's this on the lighter a, end. It's a mid-weight fifth wheel, I would say. You know, it's 15,000 pounds totally loaded. It's yeah. like 11.9 empty. You get something like a toy hauler, you could be going up over 20,000 pounds. Um, and, and, you know, you're definitely in diesel dual, dually tra- territory then. I mean, you could, yeah. you could do it with a gas dually, but you're definitely but we wouldn't. in dually territory. We wouldn't. Then. I wouldn't feel no. comfortable with that. And so, you know, I, this is not to justify our purchase. It's more just to, if we can help provide a little bit more insight, because we know that there are a lot of people who are genuinely curious about this and who themselves are trying to make this decision. And if it hadn't been for all those people who shared what they knew about this truck and other trucks as Jason was researching, we wouldn't have been able to make the informed decision that we made. So for all of those who perhaps watched the reel or watched the YouTube video and left a comment or DM'd us across social media and didn't receive a reply, but genuinely are looking for some insight, please do email us at editor at rvmiles.com and we will do our darndest to share with you what we know, just what we know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. we couldn't be happier with our truck. It has been fantastic for us. Um, it, we love Fordo. That's what we call it. There, it, it is it is exact same truck as a, as a similarly equipped diesel. And I think mm-hmm. that confuses a lot of people when they say, oh, you need the bigger brakes. You need the bigger tires and bigger wheels and the bigger axles and stuff. No, it's the exact same truck as the diesel version of this truck. So, Listen, I, this is a piece of information from me to you. There's this amazing thing called uh, Google. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And if you are curious about or you just believe that this is not possible, 
I just encourage you to well, take that to the Googles. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to, you know, I, there are a lot of people that are in this situation. They're looking to buy a new truck and they're on the fence. Yes. They're, they've heard about this 7.3 liter engine and they wanted, they generally have the curiosity of whether it's working well for us. And yeah, I, I mean, that that's the thing I want to let people know is that it 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 is a great truck. It's a great engine. It it. You know, we get eight miles per gallon average, which lots of people say is really high. Lots of people say is really low. We feel that that's about what we were expecting is about right. Um, the biggest PETA is having to fill up. When that is the worst part. The it, and a lot of people want to know that, too, is that it's a PETA. if you uh, the one real big challenge of towing uh, with a gas truck is getting into fuel stations, pulling a big fifth wheel. We do it. Um, it's it's rare that we have an actual problem doing it. Um, it's just a little bit more of a pain. We sometimes pass up a fuel station because it doesn't look great. You know, Abby often does we'll, not like when we have to pass up a fuel <laughs> we'll, station. We'll often go to an area where there's like three or four to choose yeah. from. That that sort of deal. Worst but, case scenario, you can unhook. We've done that once we or did twice that in once. really kind of sketchy Colorado mountain town areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, though, that um, because of that, it did change. It I think it has altered a little bit of the way that we travel. And I've noticed that, especially over the last couple months. Obviously, we did a big push to get down here. But, you know, we're really right now in a period of travel. And it'll be like this for pretty much into June, where we're only moving anywhere from 50 to 190 miles between campsites and that is either way that's a tank of gas we're not going to be stopping so we'll fill up before we hook up and then we'll get where we're going that's always nice yeah Yeah. and that is always nice i think that's nice regardless of whether you know Mm -hmm. you're diesel or gas and so but i do think knowing that 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 has kind of um adjusted a little bit how we travel and i think for a future episode too i would love to have a discussion on how this fifth wheel has also changed a little bit the way that we camp and how our ability to book book campgrounds and how Mm. that i think that's a a future discussion but we have really had to uh reevaluate the way that we camp now that we have the sabre saber yeah it's it's a little bigger um, a little bit bigger. No, no question it's there. 43 feet. Okay, let's take a break. And uh, in a minute, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about boondocking, legitimate boondocking. And probably one of the best camping that we have done so far in this Sabre. In Florida. Be right back. As an RVer, you know how important it is to have a quality RV roadside assistance company on your side, like CoachNet. Imagine driving down a major highway and hearing an explosion. Immediate panic sets in as you realize you just had a high-speed blowout. Your nerves are shot, you're stressed, scared, and now stranded. When you have CoachNet, the first thing they ask when calling is, are you in a safe location? Showing a level of care that immediately puts you at ease. They send out a tow truck suited for your RV and tow you to a repair shop where you can catch your breath and finally relax. CoachNet has over 30 years of RV industry expertise, and their mission is to ensure that you enjoy a carefree RVing experience by getting you back on the road to making memories with your family and friends. For more information about CoachNet memberships, visit welcome.coachnet.com slash RV miles. 
Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV and the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector made by Hughes Autoformers beats the competition with field replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small affordable part that you can replace yourself. They'll even give you a free surge module in the first two years and now have a limited lifetime warranty. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoformers.com. That's RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoformers.com. All right, let's talk boondocking in the East, particularly in Florida. We were, uh, we've known, I think, for a while about this. I our, um Gone with the Winds, who were one of the early RV YouTube channels, did a video on Florida Water Reclamation District boondocking years ago. And I I remember that being an option um, for a long time, but I forgot about it. Wow. I do not remember that, but and, that sounds right. Well, so when you brought this up with me, I was like, oh, yes, that's great. We should absolutely do that when we uh, were reminded of this because Florida actually as a rarity in the east has a lot of boondocking available at these water reclamation district sites and it's a little different than going to like blm land out west there are some rules and things that you have to do to make it happen and there might be some amenities that you don't have in other boondocking locations but some of that I really, really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one being is that you do have to have a reservation. It is still absolutely free to camp and it's still boondocking, but they do require you to have a reservation in order to do this. And why I like that is that right now in this current camping climate, boondocking to me feels like it can be very hit or miss. You can get there and you have no idea if there's actually going to be somewhere for you to boondock. This made me know I have I have space. Mm-hmm. I am going to be able to go here and do this. And I think when you're traveling with kids, that's that's a big comfort. And I really, really liked that about this. Now there are several different districts, several different Florida water reclamation districts where they have this land available uh, for you to boon and it's very, very natural land. Lots of trails and and uh different water activities to do and stuff, but uh, they all have different rules. So uh, we can't give you exactly what the rules are, but we can tell you about where we stayed. And for more detailed information about all of the different areas that you can boondock in these Florida water reclamation districts, Campendium has an awesome article that goes over all of it. Mm -hmm. So we'll link to that in the description in the show notes as well. Uh, But we stayed at Lake Panasofsky, I'm guessing is how you Panasofsky, say it. Panasofsky, Panasofsky, uh, sure. Which yes. actually, we'll get uh, about that, which it actually great. has some campground type amenities. They had not like marked sites, but they did have picnic tables and fire rings yeah. all over the place that you could pull up to and use that as your site. Which I think by having those two, it also kind of helped us all find a place without being right on top of each other they had this particular boondocking location had bathrooms nice clean bathrooms there was no showers but they did have flush toilets and they also had sort of two sections one section that was an open field which is where we chose to go because that gave us 
just absolute open coverage for the solar. And then kind of further back behind that, they have uh, under some live oaks, they have beautiful camping back there that's much more shaded. So if in order for you to really do this, you do need solar, that might not be the best location to go to. But overall, I mean, it was really easy to get into. It's not a rough road. There's a camp host who meets you, checks to make sure you have a reservation. Yeah, so the reservation is free. You can only make it, I think, 60 days out. Maybe it was three months, but so you can't make like a long-term advance mm-hmm. reservation. Uh, and then there are some issues here and there. Like there was a, a pig hunt, I guess, one weekend where and everything was closed. Where you couldn't stay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, this is the second time in Florida that I have booked campgrounds um, within the two-week window that we were looking for. And we got five nights here, five or six nights. And the same with, you know, we talked about Moss Park on the last episode. I booked that short-term notice, but that was only a 45-day window. So, you know, it is kind of like we are seeing and learning that it is very possible to still camp in Florida without having a reservation a year out. And there is a two-week maximum stay, um, as lots of boondocking has, but it's, you know, it's right off the highway. I did a three-mile hike, and there are... You didn't mean to. I didn't mean to, but there's a lot more than that. (laughs) Uh, I did sort of the short hike. There's a lot more than that. And All Trails is a great resource. Mm -hmm. They had all of that in there in the surrounding area for us to go in and see what was available. So if you do have the All Trails app, highly recommend using it. If you have not downloaded it yet, it's a great resource. And when we were talking about the villages last week, <laughs> this was where we were camping that was fairly close to, yeah. the, to the villages. It was about a, a yeah. half hour drive in. And so there were options for groceries and, and fuel and food and all that sort of stuff as you well. You all gave us some incredible insight into the villages after last week's episode. Stuff I... See, I didn't get to read any of it. You oh, didn't tell me. Yeah. I was just to go over to just the comments from this video, but, you know, some of it I wish I had known before and some of it I'm really glad I didn't know until after I had left. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll check it out. Um, so, again, check out that article on Campendium, but there are other options for boondocking in the eastern half of the mm-hmm. country as well. There are definitely other areas like this in other states, but often they're not going to be federal. So if you're looking on like the federal sites and looking at like um, uh, national forests and stuff, there's a lot less boondocking in the east. But sometimes county and state areas like this work out. But then you can consider other options too, like Harvest Hosts is is a mm-hmm. great boondocking option for the East. Boondockers welcome staying at people's homes and their private land is an option as well. Those are shorter term options. But then another great one is Hip Camp. And I think a lot of RVers haven't really gotten, at least bigger RVers haven't really gotten deep into Hip Camp yet. Yeah. And maybe um, that's something we need to think about for a future episode too is just yeah. talking a little bit more about how hip camp works but I wanted I wanted to say to you too um we're actually and I just I booked it last night 
We're actually doing some boondocking, federal boondocking, Army Corps of Engineer in Virginia. Yeah. Now, that is so, an actual campsite with no hookups, um, which yes, but people I, it, will argue with us as to whether that's boondocking. Sure. Right? That's fine. We can argue that mm-hmm. all day long. But you, if it is because you feel like then they would argue that what we just did isn't yes, boondocking actually. because we made a reservation and they had some picnic tables and stuff. I believe that boondocking is just no hookups camping. And I'm not here to like tell you what I think that means for you. But again, here we are talking about, you know, it's only, I think, like $20 a night to do this or something. That's what the words come to mean, you know, and a lot of people think it means free. It doesn't necessarily mean free. I mean, again, hip hip camp isn't free. Um, Long-term visitor areas in Arizona aren't free. Dockers, welcome. Um, Harvest hosts aren't free. Technically, I mean, no. Um, no, you so, got to pay for your membership. Uh, so boondocking more. isn't necessarily free, but uh, it, it can be done in the East. It's not yeah. as open and plentiful as it in, is in the West, but there are options, especially for like quick overnights or short stays. And Beyond like a that. wall docking or a boon barrel. We did want to add a little bit of uh, boondocking etiquette to this for, mm. for folks who are mm-hmm. uh, trying this out for the first time. And we've talked in, in the past, and we have a video on the YouTube channel about how easy boondocking is and how you don't have to have a lot of solar. You don't have to big set up. No. It's just, it's just like being in a tent. You can turn everything off in your RV unless, unless you have a residential refrigerator that needs to be powered. That's your biggest challenge. But even then you could use a cooler, you know, you've got lots of options, right? And we should say that this last bit that we just did, we were doing with solar and we were doing for the first time really getting to test out our solar, getting to test out our lithium batteries, and really getting to experience what that's all like here in the Saver. And I really, I tried to get us, like, I tried to book longer to stay there. It was the best camping that we had done so far in our new home. Yeah. I loved it everything about that and there are some pictures we shared on instagram and uh, a couple reels and i'll link to them at the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 227 so that you can go and look at them and understand why i didn't want to leave but um we could have easily have done that without all those things but it definitely made it so much more comfortable and i think in the a, a future episode we want to get a couple more sort of camps under our belt with our solar yeah, and we're then gonna I think go we're going to go deep into it. We have a deep into we it. have a great system that was provided to us by GoPower. Um it's their solar extreme kit and it's 590 watts of solar and a 3000 watt whole house inverter and then we have two uh, 250 amp hour lithium batteries and it all worked very very well for us for us but yeah we, we want to have wa- a little more use of it now <laughs> I got to watch the olympics we, we watched the olympics, watched the olympics. Yeah. i could not miss that figure skating so a few boondocking etiquette things to think about i, I don't even want to use the word rules um but the number one and most important one is is leave no trace and and even go further than that and and leave it better than you found it right mm-hmm. um as we were all taught by our parents growing up that we want to we, we want to leave any space better than we found it and that means picking up trash even if it might not be yours not dumping gray water i know some people think that that's okay it's not it's just not it's not um, and it's particularly not in places like this i do not care how biodegradable your soap yeah. is or how you claim that not a piece of food has ever touched your gray tank 
it's just not okay. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't wash up outside or things like that, but you need to not be emptying tons of gallons of water on the ground and be responsible about things like food particles and soaps and all that sort of stuff, especially at something that's a, you know, a water reclamation district. <laughs> um, yeah, but exactly. trash, you know, pack all your trash in and out, of course. It was another great thing about this water reclamation district boondocking they had a dumpster that you could use but you definitely want to take your trash out with you and be careful i we've uh talked to a few people in the past who store their trash in the back of their truck below a soft tunnel cover and Ooh. they've actually had animals rip Ooh, into yeah, it gets. yeah mm. um good re- to know respect the rules that the land manager has and they all have different rules and you need to know what they are and respect them and uh particularly length of stay requirements. Mm -hmm. A lot of boondocking is getting shut down across the country. And the two biggest reasons are the first one I mentioned, uh, leaving no trace, trash, water, whatever it is, and people overstaying uh, the stay limits. And it's becoming a real big problem. We've shared this stat in the past where like out on BLM land, don't quote me on this. I don't know if this is an accurate stat, but it's something it's something like there's like two law enforcement rangers per million acres of Bureau of Land Management land. It's a small amount of people for a large amount of land. Yeah. However, the actual number shakes down. So, so they, they just can't police it. So they just shut it down. Mm-hmm. And that's the situation that we're in. Uh, you know, there are a million different ways we can talk about fixing that. But that's the situation we're in right now so not only like respecting that stuff but you making sure other people are and and um Mm -hmm. and and encouraging others to to do that as as well um give people their space so when you pull into a boondocking area you know try not to pull right up next to somebody and Mm -hmm. give them their space now that said Things are a little bit different now than they used to be. Mm-hmm. There are a lot more. There are a lot more people going to these popular boondocking spots. So you cannot expect to have a place to your own anymore. It just no. it's it's not yours. If you park in an open field, someone else wants to park in an open field. You don't own the whole field just because you parked in it. Um, but now that said, if you show up to said open field and you see someone over in the left hand corner. Maybe don't go park in the left-hand corner. Maybe go fill up the middle or the right-hand corner or whatever. And, you know, I know sometimes we feel safety in numbers. It feels better to be closer to people. But we also need to recognize what this is designed for. And and that is to uh, have the opportunity to camp maybe outside of a campground environment where you are uh, most of the time very close to your neighbor. So, you know, just every situation will always be different when you go into it. So just, you know, try to be mindful of that. The final one that we want to share is to be respectful with generators. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for us, there's usually not a written rule in boondocking areas about using a generator. Uh, No, a lot of times they have generator hours. Yeah. Just as this place that Mm we were at, they had an actual generator hour. It was very generous. It was 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. It was very generous. But if they don't have generator hours, usually we kind of just uh, 
go by that. And, you know, mm-hmm. we don't leave our generator on after 10 p.m. And we really actually more like 9 p.m. I yeah. mean, that's sort of the limit for me. And late into the morning, too. It's such a touchy subject for a lot of people. Um, but if they are allowed, they are allowed. Yeah. So that's the flip side of it is like it is don't judge people who need them because right. uh, some people need them for lots of different reasons. And, and you don't know. Yeah. It's sometimes it's medical, you know, whatever it might be. But, um, or they're just getting into this and learning this. We had um, we had a great couple camped near us mm-hmm. who had to use their generator quite a bit. They were in a new rig. We actually had to use our generator a little bit too. Yeah, um, we had some very cloudy days, yeah. like three days in a row, and that did require us to get the generator out. But, but I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to the fact that if generators are allowed, generators yeah. are allowed. Well, what I wanted to add, though, about this couple is like they were super apologetic about the fact that they yes. had to run their generator so much. They It was hot. They had dogs and they were trying to keep it air conditioned yeah. and everything. But at the same time, they're meeting other people there uh, that are helping them figure out their new solar system and they're they're you know they're hot on doing that but they're 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 talking with other campers about their power management needs and and figuring out um, what they're going to create for their solar system and what's right for them and and you know that's an opportunity where you can help people through those things instead of getting mad that somebody's using a generator it's just it's going to happen it's going to happen popular boondocking and you know, we're not perfect. Sometimes when a generator kicks on, it's not thrilling to us to hear it. I I totally get that feeling. But, you know, we also learned from this boondocking experience, because we did have to turn our generator on, that maybe we need a little bit more on top, you know, and we talked about that, like what, it, you know, how would we balance this and, and things like that. And I would really, for anyone who is going to have a generator for their backup, just really take into consideration the kind of generator that you are purchasing. Think about when you pull it out, like, where can I put it that I'm kind of minimizing sound? You know, really think about those things. Like, this is this particular generator incredibly loud? Maybe that's not the one you want to purchase for boondocking. You know, if I move it, you know, if I stretch it out further out into this field, does it, you know, do I, am I able to mask the sound a little bit more? Take all those things into consideration. Your neighbors will appreciate that, but then you will also feel better and you won't, you won't stress as much. And, and you know, what can you cut out of your, your life during boondocking in order to save on power so that you don't need to run your generator? Don't need to have those end cap lights on. (laughs) Do you need to have your air conditioner running overnight? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you, uh, can you use a cooler? Like we mentioned, uh, do you need to use a coffee maker or can you put a pot of boiling water on the stove? That type of stuff. Yes, you um, need to use your coffee maker. <laughs> but that's what the well, do you need no, an electric I, coffee yes, maker? No, yeah, I, you know. Yes, but I would say that always when you go into it with your RV, please go into it as though you are tent camping. And really treat it like that and, and think like if I was in a tent, what would I need right now in order to be comfortable for the evening? And you would be surprised at how many things, when you start looking around your rig, you go, I don't need all this stuff on right now. I, I don't need it. And yes, I watched the Olympics, but I didn't I, I didn't need the generator on to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I was able to do it. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about our tanks and uh, a bit more. 
Be right back. If you've been thinking about picking up a solo stove, now is the perfect time. As we get ready for the camping season, Solo Stove continues to offer discounts on their popular fire pits, including our favorite, the Bonfire. RV Miles listeners can save even more money by heading over to rvmiles.com slash solo stove and using the link and promo code. Take advantage of all the discounts to be had before camping season kicks into full gear and get your solo stove today rvmiles.com slash solo stove and then click the link and use the promo code to save even more. I've I've mentioned this before, uh, but solo stove also makes the absolute best. You love them. You made the, me do a, a, yes, a TikTok the on them. You love them so much. Best roasting sticks out there. They come in a like a uh, like a vinyl wrap up pouch and they screw together and they're made out of high quality uh, stainless steel, and they're they're more expensive than anybody plans on spending on a <laughs> on a marshmallow roasting stick. But they're but great. They're, they're a great so gift. Yeah, a great. They gift. would make a great mm-hmm. gift for an RVer in your life. Um, but we need to transition. Yeah, let's before t- some t- batteries t- start yeah. dying on us. <laughs> okay, okay <laughs> it is time to check the level of our tanks. Jason, what is in your black tank this week? My black tank is allergies. I am feeling allergies for the first time in my life, really. This might be the first time you've ever had a black tank that's like an Abby black tank. Yeah. This yeah. is real Abby But it is camping related right because it's happening, you know, because of camping. You're in, well, this is the and, first time we've been in Florida yeah, for this particular and time I, of year. I have just, I have never been a, an allergy person, right? Um, and now I think pollen is really starting to bother me. Oh, well, this next month is going to be real hard on you. It's really starting to Mm -hmm. make my throat close up and stuff like that. Well, listen, just so you know, we have Claritin, Zyrtec, um, that stuff you spray in your nose. I'm I'm joining the the club. Flonase and Benadryl. So you just pick your cocktail, figure it out, and you'll feel much better. I'm joining the club. Yes. All right. What is in your... That was like the world's shortest black tank, by the way. So thank you very much for that. Uh, What is in your fresh tank? Uh, So clearly, Walt Disney World Company has been listening to the RV Miles podcast. Naturally. I am I am pretty sure that it's the, their number one go-to podcast. Because one of the things that we complained about last week, their Lightning Lane Plus... Genie Plus of the Lightning Lane. Where you pay extra to go on rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made a big change to in the last few days. They have moved Space Mountain, Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, and... The Frozen Ever After ride has mm-hmm. moved from being you pay extra more money, second tier Lightning Lane Plus, first tier to ride, <laughs> uh, to the the you just pay the fifteen dollars a day yeah. to get the in the front of the line uh, section of rides. Now the the that's a big thing though. In the when we saw this news, we thought, oh. That really would have made a big difference Huge. in our time Huge. there. And it makes our recommendation of, we were talking about, if you go, just, just try to get the Genie Plus just for your Magic Kingdom day. Now it makes a little bit more sense to get it every day. And uh, I still don't think it makes any sense for Animal Kingdom. No. At all. But it um, does make a whole lot of sense now for Hollywood except Studios. Except for once Expedition Everest is running again and it's hot enough to want to go on Collier River but Rapids. I get that. 
but Expedition Everest you have to pay for. Yeah. Well, so, but know. even if you don't want to ride those rides, this will sort of ease some congestion on the whole system and allow a little bit more options for mm -hmm. everybody. So I think all in all, that's a good thing. So, you know, I'm sure that Disney was not paying attention to the Diz boards or like the dozen Disney the podcasts that are out there. Listening to Jason they said RV Miles just threw down and came at us, y'all, and we got to make some changes. Abby, what is in your black tank this week? So my black tank this week is people that walk through your campsite. <laughs> so there's a trend happening lately, and it does seem to be happening in the private sector of campgrounds as opposed to in a state. And I think this is part of the we don't all have a whole lot of space in our campgrounds issue. But I have noticed lately, I'm not talking about like my foot skimmed the perimeter of, you know, like your driveway or, you know, I barely, I touched a blade of your grass. I'm talking about blatant walking through someone else's campsite. Especially like those small campsites too. Yes. And this has happened to us numerous times lately. And it's surprising. It's always very surprising when you're sitting in your campsite and you're just like, oh, Hello. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Okay, so glad we could have provided you the, you know, well, I guess I think quick we, exit. You I needed. think we talked about on the podcast. Maybe we didn't, but there we arrived at a campground uh, several weeks ago where the lady who was in a seasonal site next to us, when we arrived, she got her oh, dogs right. on the leash, walked around her campsite. Uh, over to ours, had her dogs pee on our campsite, not on the edge of the campsite no. by the road, like into our campsite, had her dogs peed, pee on our campsite, then mm -hmm. took them back over to her site as if she was literally marking her territory, trying to make a statement yeah. like, oh, you're coming here to my campground. Yeah, Like, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you take that spot next to me? So there is, uh, you know, we all get this little teeny patch of, you know, campsite that we pay good money for and I just I think be a good neighbor be a good camper and stay out of other people's campsites please don't let your dogs pee in other people's campsites like it's it's weird I it I look I hesitate to be like listen Florida because I don't want to put it on Florida but it's only happened since we got to Florida I don't know what that means just saying. So stay out of people's campsites. That's my black tank. All right. What's in your fresh tank? Uh, so my fresh tank goes to, look, we watched on YouTube a couple nights ago, um, RV Demolition Derby at the oh, Rockford Speedway. I don't know if it was in Rockford, Illinois. I just know it was the Rockford Speedway. And it was all and trailers. It's all it trailers. Was not motorhomes. It was all. No, it was trucks, all trailers, trailers. or pop ups, or some people just had um, like the the boat trailer or something. You know, like they just had a frame or whatever. But um, it was a figure eight track, so they would all, they had to cross in the center. And there had to have been, I think they probably started out with about 20. I would I would yeah, say somewhere around yeah. there, 15 to 20. And we're going to, I'll link to it in the show notes so you can go watch it. It was at rvmiles.com slash 227. I just, we died. Like we were well, laughing so hard because when they come through that figure eight, sometimes people, 
sometimes because the whole point is to be the last truck and trailer standing. And so sometimes people would barrel through that center and they would plow into a trailer. Or at one point, there's a truck with its trailer and it's down to just the frame. Okay, everything else has been ripped off of it. It is down to a frame. Another truck comes and drives up on the frame. It is now being pulled by the other truck in order to ride out the storm and attempt to be... (laughs) I, I think when it, when it finished, I think I, I, I said, why are we paying for Netflix? Like, this is the most amazing. Thing. We, there is, there is just, some, there is something very funny to me about somebody getting safely clobbered by another car as it hits into and shattering that RV and just watching this trailer be like, it's it's driving on its rims, it's smoking, and you're like, it is done. And then all of a sudden, it starts moving again, and it's back in, and that is just the funniest I we had it was a good I was like what I, a five ten minute we gotta video. go to one in person. <laughs> I, yeah, I said we have goals now. So listen, if you know or you run one of these things or you are a, a truck driver and a racer in one of these, I need you to contact us and tell us where you are because we want to come and watch this. I we laughed so hard. It was a great family activity. All of us were into it. On that note, that's it for this week's episode that's of the RV it. Miles podcast. That is it. And before we go, because I know for those of you watching, you are going to ask me about what I've been sipping on this whole time. I am not drinking wine out of a metal straw, so calm down. I am, however, having a cocktail. But it is not wine. But I am enjoying it in a camping wine glass. You can't just say a cocktail. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm having the world's classiest drink. It is vodka and fresca. (laughs) It's it's pretty good. It is. Little strawberries in there. It's real good. The other night, I mashed up some blackberries, some strawberries, and I think I even like drizzled a little little lemon over that. Yeah, it was was a real good cocktail. I'm in like a Cosmo mode right now, so this is about as as close as I can get to it. So. Anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and close out this episode. Uh, Again, if you have not had a chance to go over to Apple Podcasts, would you please head over there and leave RV Miles a five-star review? So many of you ask how they can do that. I'm going to put it into the descriptions of this video if you're watching, or I will, again, put it in the description for the podcast or at rvmiles.com slash 227. Because when you do that, that really simple click, that just puts us in front of a whole new audience. And it's amazing. We're coming into that time of year where people are looking for RV podcasts. So thank you so much for helping us out there. Another way you can support the show if you're interested is to just head over to amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles and take us with you as you shop through Amazon. We get a little bit of kickback and it costs you nothing, I promise. All right. Until next week. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe. Enjoy this as we get ready for spring. It's coming, I promise. And the days are going to get longer so that you can keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.